Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And once again, everybody, welcome to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. My name is Dino Watt. I'm your host. And before we get started again today, I just wanted to thank you all so much for subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your colleagues. And uh, man, the word has been getting out quite a bit. We really appreciate some of the notes, some of the information or the uh, testimonials that we've gotten from people who've listened to the show, especially recently, we've had a lot talking around the mindset and your stress levels and getting back from COVID. And that's why today's show is so important. And I'm excited to have a, I won't say an old, but an ancient friend of mine, uh, Dr. Paul Dinkins is going to be on with us to share with us some ideas around how you can have more positivity in your life in a very practical way. So welcome to the show today, Paul. Thank you, Dino. I'm glad to be here. And the old thing, this came from me telling you about my grandkids, didn't it? That's what No, I was talking about our friendship, not, not your age in particular, but our friendship. Yeah. Well, my twin sister is still very youthful. So I've well, that's good years left hey but, i'm super young on the inside like i i don't i look at people that are my age going like no way do i look like that right <laughs> matter of fact shannon and i kind of play this game sometimes when we're watching tv and somebody will say how old they are you know if we just we just look at each other like do we do we look this that, that's not possible <laughs> you know it's funny you know that you mentioned that like uh my wife and I were having a conversation not too long ago, and Vicky said she was freaking out a little bit. I said, what's, what's going on? She said, I just realized I'm older than your parents were when I met you. Oh, wow. Your mind, you know? Yeah, it's true. Time accelerates as you get older. I can uh, it does, absolutely. Absolutely does. Well, I'm glad to have you on, and we have. We've known each other for, gosh, I moved here in oh, um gosh, in 07, 2007. So, you know, well, 13, Less 14. variety in your hair color back then. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could dye it, but you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I first met you, I think it was at a, one of your uh, evening events you used to do around mm -hmm. uh, positive parenting. Mm -hmm. And we had small, small kids back then, right? They were all little little tweenies yeah. and uh it was just hearing some of those ideas around oh okay that makes more sense like i'll never forget and people won't have a clue what i'm talking about until they read your book or listen to some of your stuff but the difference between your stage and your age right i still to this day use that with clients even being like hey well you know there's a difference and here's how i i actually talk about it even towards their employees right and how they think oh, yeah. about their employees for sure so so before we get started on anything else, one of the things that I always do at the beginning of the show is I believe that stories connect all of us. So I would love to hear your story of how you got into the line of work that you do and what you've been doing with that. That's an interesting question, Dino. And Good. especially when you realize that I started as a chemical engineering major back oh, wow. in college. Okay, I've, I've made a few shifts since then. But this is typical, I think, of the journey that we have in life. In fact, chapter, uh, I think it's chapter eight in my book, it's in there somewhere. Anyway, one of the chapters is called 
surprise, because you plan on life going a certain way and then it goes a different way instead. Yep. Man plans, God laughs. And well, yeah, it's kind of funny when you can take the kind of perspective that allows that. Well, this has been my journey as well. I started out as a chemical engineering major, had some experiences that taught me very quickly that my passion and what lights me up is not doing the math and science, but it's having the conversations and particularly conversations with real people about real principles, things that have the power to change lives and save lives, as I've discovered. That's true. Absolutely. Yep. So that's the short version of what brought me into psychology. But even since then, it's been a journey. Uh, I finished my degree in clinical psychology, got my PhD in 1995. Wow. I, w- I won't tell you where I was in my life at that time. But yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> well, your old comment, I guess, is going to come back to haunt me here. But um, went into a traditional psychotherapy practice. I worked mostly with children, adolescents, families, parents, and did that for about a dozen years or so before I realized, wait a minute, this isn't it either. Mm. It was closer than engineering. But there's a shaping process. I think we go through a discovery process as we go through our lives. And it was interesting at that point, you know, I was, I had hit a point in my practice. Maybe some of you listeners can relate to this because it just feels like, uh, mm. you know, there's sometimes stress or feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I'm not quite on track. It's close, but not quite exactly what I was designed to do. Couple that with a situation where I was booked out. You know, I had a waiting list of five months. Wow. I was booked out solid for five months. You couldn't even get an appointment with me. And I had negative cash flow. <laughs> Two quarters in a row. So you're running a charity. That's very nice of you. I'm paying for the opportunity to run that charity. <laughs> And you can't sustain that. I don't know how good you are at math, Dino, but negative cash flow, hard to sustain over time. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, long story short, the first chapter in my book is titled Lightning Strikes. Lightning Strikes. Lightning Strikes. Oh, lightning Strikes. Yeah, it's about times in life, you know, when the thunderous blast and a zap and you're just knocked out, unconscious, cold on the floor. When, when life just clobbers you, beats you up. I went through a bankruptcy. I'd never planned on that. This is at a time when I should be set, right? Yep. Uh, my oldest son was going off to college and missionary service, and I, I'm trying to help fund that as well, and everything crashed. And it was at this point when I had a conversation with one of my friends. He's a psychologist. He's a high-level business consultant, Jeff McGee. I don't know if you know Jeff. Mm, Nope. I I was sitting at dinner with Jeff at Lake Tahoe. We were both attending a a conference together. I was telling him what was going on in my business because maybe this guru can help me to see what I need to do to get things turned around. Um, I'm not loving my life. I've, I've got this negative cash flow going on. Stress out the wazoo. 
And I'm a psychologist for Pete's sake. So I'm sharing with Jeff what's going on. He leans across the table after listening to all of this. And he says, Paul, you suck. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. That's, a, that, that's the pick me up I needed. Yeah, just okay. And he said, no, I mean that in the most loving way possible. He says, I mean this mathematically. You are consuming more than you produce. Mm. And therefore you suck. Reason yeah. is taking more to sustain you than as evidenced by your financial statements. And my emotional life at that point. Right? And it was a wake-up call for me. About the same time, you know, I had started my podcast in 2007. Mm, wow. That's before podcasting was even a thing. Yeah, I remember sitting in your office there being like, okay, this is a nerdy thing to do, but cool. Yeah, well, I did the context of that is I'd been doing live talk radio uh -huh. in Salt Lake City, K-Talk Radio. I was doing uh, one day a week of a five-day program called Produce Revolution Radio. Wow. And uh, the programming changed abruptly. I found out in the car. I'm listening to this program and it's like, we're changing our programming. And I knew I didn't have a spot anymore. Nice. And a friend of mine said, hey, you ought to try podcasting. And I'm like, try what? Yeah. I had no idea. I haven't, I'm thinking people won't listen to that. Well, that was short-sighted. That's right. Very much so. That's how I got into my podcast. Long story short, uh, oh, I was going to tell you, uh, during this, the early days of my podcast, I interviewed Mary Louise Zeller. She's well into her 70s now. She's a six-degree black belt. Wow. Taekwondo. Okay, this grandma can kick you the next Wednesday. <laughs> and she said she knew a little bit about what I was going through at the time. This is right in the early days of my podcast as I was transitioning from my traditional psychotherapy practice over to what I'm doing now, which is a better fit. But at, at the time, Mary Louise said to me, Paul, the troops aren't coming. No one's coming to save you. And she, she let that sink in for a minute. And then she said this, we are the troops. Mm. We are the troops. She might as well have kicked me, Dino. Mm. I'm glad she didn't. That would have really. Right. Yeah, because she's a black belt. But figuratively, she she just she shook me. Yeah. And I realized for the first time the problem is not with the economy. The problem is not with my business model. The problem is not with my partner who wasn't paying me off for what he needed. The problem isn't with those people I invested in. In fact, how long am I willing to wait for them? Some of them are in prison. <laughs> right? Am I sitting in the corner waiting for the troops to come? And Mary Louise woke me up and I realized, you know what? There is only one way out of this. And that is to produce my way out of this and connect with you mentioned mindset earlier oh my gosh how important is it to get our mind in a place where we can actually start solving some problems right one of my colleagues recently said every problem we face is a problem with thinking 
And I've thought about that's a bold statement. Yeah. But I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. You even look at, we're recording this during a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everybody listening knows what we're talking about, what we're referring to. Sure. I've had a lot of people approach me and say, hey, how do we stay positive during such challenging times? And they labeled it challenging times. That's the first thing I want to point out. You labeled it challenging times. Yeah. And it is what it is. I mean, my model goes into a whole discussion about how our brain is operating to first judge our circumstances and notice that you're doing this. Hmm. Do you see this, Dino? You're constantly judging. Yeah. Judge yourself. You judge your wife, you judge your kids, yep. you judge your business, you judge your clients, you judge your audience. Yeah. Sorry, audience. That's true. That's all right. They're judging you too. Yeah. We can't turn it off. And this judgment puts us in a mindset that sets us up for the next thing. And that's creation. So mm-hmm. I've labeled these two processes, evaluation. That's the judgment. You can't sure. turn it off. and creation. You can't turn that off either. I, I believe that we are creative beings by our nature. And we can't turn it off. We have to create something. So the only question is, what are we going to create? So are you saying that like, so sometimes people create more drama. Totally. Some people create answers or possible answers. Some people create the reason why, right? Why I'm a victim, why this is happening, right? So that creative process isn't necessarily, we either investigate it or we're, finding and you know we're, we're we're doing something positive the creation isn't, isn't always a positive thing right it's well here's here's an example what if we just gave everybody who's listening if you if you're listening to this episode and you are obviously yeah as you're listening to this episode just consider this assignment what if we gave you 20 minutes it's all you get 20 minutes to go out there, use your brilliant mind, use your creative effort, any resources that you can bring to the table. Use your creative mind to somehow, in 20 minutes, make your life worse. Okay, everybody ready? (laughs) No, no, please don't do this. I'm married. I could do that in like 20 seconds if I wanted to. Right? (laughs) This is so goofy. Dino, would you ever do that on purpose? No, I mean, I I would hope not. I know I can self-sabotage sometimes, but no, I, I don't. Well, we do it accidentally all the time. Right, yeah. Somehow make our life worse, but you wouldn't do it on purpose. Right. But notice how quickly your brilliant mind came up with half a dozen ways to pull that off. And it wouldn't even take 20 minutes. No, yeah. Would it? Everyone listening today, you have the power to make a mess. I want you to notice that. Yeah. This is actually good news. Because if you've got the power to make a mess, you've got the power to make, period. Mm. What we make 
depends on our choice. And the things of the greatest value are the hardest to make. <laughs> yeah, that makes value, sense. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, here's the thing. Like, I know that you talk, as you have been, so much around, like, the mindset and the, the awareness of where you are and what you're doing and totally. your, your circumstances. Uh-huh. And, you know, right now we're dealing in a, in a world where there is a lot of it's happening to me, right? It's uh, that I'm, I'm in a situation I can't get out of. Uh, uh, it's not my fault. Um, I'm just working with the mess that other people have made, you know, type stuff. Yep. In your own work, I'm sure you see this with, you know, families as they come into you. Um, let's talk specifically, obviously you're a practice owner, you have practice, you know that our audience here is so focused in the orthodontic and dental space. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, there, there is a lot of stress and overwhelm and frustration happening right now. And, and whether that be because I don't have total control of what's going to be happening in the future, you never know, right? I was just on a phone call with, or no, you were talking about even about going to you know, Chicago, right? Hotbed, where, that way in Detroit or Chicago? I, was, I went to Chicago to see my grandbaby. Chicago. Yeah, and then because we're in a hotbed here in Utah or whatever, like you have certain regulations that you had to have when you went to Chicago to stay quarantined and all that other stuff. Right. We're all in a situation where we don't have 100% control of what's happening to us. But what I try to focus on and what my message typically is, is it's not about what's actually happening to us. It's about how we're responding to the thing that's happening. Yes. So how do you help people kind of have that awareness uh, and, and maybe even some tools to look at that? Like you just said, in an instant, I can figure out how to mess up my life. Absolutely. And you've got the power to do it. And I've got the total power to do it, right? And so alternatively, obviously, I also have the power to improve it. Exactly. And the idea is to improve it as well. Right. When you're in the moment. You're in the moment. You're in the moment. Everything's happening. What do you do to kind of come to that awakening or that realization? Let's start with a very basic principle that empowers. It changes the game, actually. But what I love about my job, Dino, I get to illuminate the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I get paid to tell people things I already know. Yeah, that's true. These things, there's so many obvious processes that are completely unnoticed mm. until they're called to your attention. Obvious but unnoticed. Let's go there for a minute. Okay. Your shirt. Your shirt can you feel it? Yeah, sure. Is it obvious? Yeah. Now it is? Yeah. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. I didn't notice it until I mentioned it. Right. Obvious but unnoticed. The fact that we're speaking English, did you notice? Mm, that's right. It's totally obvious. Many of the processes in our own mind are completely obvious, but also totally unnoticed until they're called to your attention. That's my job to call these processes to your attention. Let's start with this one metacognition. Okay. Now, if you've never heard that word, don't worry about it. We made it up. It's. We like to make up words in psychology. It makes us feel smart. Nice. And this is one of them, metacognition. That, what's great about that, Paul, is that I like to make up spelling of words. So 
It's perfect. If, if you cannot spell a, way, a word more than one way, you're limited. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Metacognition, if you break it down, cognition means thinking. Metacognition is a higher level. It's thinking about thinking. And notice for a minute that you can do this. Do you notice? You can think about your own thinking. Oh, sure. All the time. I wonder what I'm going to think next. Huh. <laughs> That's an interesting exercise. But just go to that metacognitive level for a minute. Because when we think about our thinking, the, the beautiful thing about metacognition is that it creates a little space. And in that space is where choice exists. This is really important. Because mm. until we see it as a choice, it's not. Mm. We'll roll with your programming. Just like as we're speaking English, it didn't occur to you to even consider a different language. Right. When I called it to your attention, it suddenly becomes an option. Now, obviously, there are skill sets involved with speaking another sure. language. But that's true also of positivity and managing our stress and dealing with overwhelm. Okay? I've often wondered, Dino, what would it feel like to be perfectly whelmed? <laughs> we hear about being overwhelmed all the time. What would it be? We know <laughs> underwhelmed, but what is perfectly whelmed? Underwhelmed? <laughs> what if you were perfectly whelmed? I, I, this is how my mind works. Okay? Right. I would have looked it up. What is whelmed? Whelmed means completely surrounded by or buried in. I don't know if I want that either. Well, a fish is perfectly whelmed in water. Yeah. And it can't be overwhelmed even though it's completely surrounded by and buried in water. That's true. We are perfectly whelmed in air. If we're underwhelmed, we notice that very quickly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so what if instead of being overwhelmed, we are simply surrounded by and buried in our medium of life? And what if that's our practice? What if that's my orthodontic practice? I'm perfectly whelmed in this. This is where I live. It's where I exist. And just like a water to the fish, it's simply where I do my thing. So then is the state of being overwhelmed being too hyper-focused on the extras that don't whelm me, right? Like, like, you're, like when you're saying this, I'm just trying to process this. When you're saying this, I'm thinking of, yeah, being just whelmed in the space of my office. I have a team. I get to do what I love to do. I am here in this moment, but my overwhelm comes typically when I'm thinking of all the other stuff that is not in the moment. It's not in the moment. That's true. Have you read Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now? Uh, no, the other one, The uh, Alchemist. Oh, yeah. Um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, he talks about how anytime we feel stress, depression, any kind of emotional disturbance it's because we got pulled out of now uh makes sense totally yeah right now everything's fine i mean do you have enough 
money right now. Right now, right. And even if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, no, I'm a little short on money. But right now, for right now, do you have enough? Right. And you do. Yeah. Even if there's a bill due tomorrow, you got enough right now. You're worried about tomorrow. See, when we get pulled into the past, we feel depression and shame. And sure. Get pulled into the future, we feel anxiety and stress mm-hmm. and fear. Yeah. But right now, we're good. It's an interesting concept. It comes back to what we were just talking about, Dino, that this metacognition, when you can think about your thinking, overwhelm is based on thinking that I'm not in the right place. I'm not doing enough. Things are not the way that they should be. Mm -hmm. Are they true? No, No, they're just thoughts. They're just thoughts. What if you were to try this experiment? I want everybody who's listening, just try this right now. Repeat after me. And I want you to say this with a little lilt to your voice. Raise your eyebrows just a touch. It helps. I promise. We're going to do two phrases. Here's the first one. Things are exactly as they should be. Things are exactly as they should be. Now, how did that feel? Besides goofy. No, it's, things are, it, it felt positive. It felt, okay, yeah, it is what it is. It's straightforward. It, and, and it's just a thought. Yeah. Now, a little disclaimer before I share the second one with you. I am not here to tell you how to think. Mm. I don't have that kind of authority. I want you to see that you are thinking mm. and that that thinking has consequences. Okay, so if you... If you say, oh, I'm so, uh, things are not the way that they should be. Okay, yeah. you know how that feels. And then you say, things are exactly as they should be. They're both thoughts. Yeah. Pick one. And notice that you don't know. Do you know for sure, like you've got some cosmic connection to the grand scheme of all things, that things are exactly as they should be or that they're not? I, I've, I told you I've done this podcast of mine since 2007. I've interviewed hundreds, including you, hundreds mm-hmm. of inspiring people about their powerful stories. Every inspiring story I know has a hard part right in the middle. That's true. Otherwise, it doesn't have the power to inspire me. It's interesting, Paul, because um, I'm literally, I was just having this conversation. I didn't know I was having this conversation yesterday, but I was in the sense of, I just did an event this last week of my uh, selling through the screen challenge. And it was, we put a lot more money than we ever had before. We put, uh, we gave bigger prizes than we ever had before. And we had the smallest audience we've ever had. Right. And going into it, I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's like, we've had up to 300 people before this one had 20. And there is that, there definitely can be that feeling of, this is not how things are supposed to be. Right. And I really, the whole week just tried my best. And I think I was pretty successful at just saying, okay, no, this is how it's supposed to be. Um, I never know what's going to come out of this and try to not just be positive, but, you know, I think positive sometimes gets that feeling of, or almost that, um, 
I, I, I guess that try yeah, fluffy. Yeah, it's, it's like okay, you're being positive, you know, good for you, you know, and it's it really wasn't. I was in a belief system of it's okay, like it's it's it is it's fine. Some whatever is going to come out of this is going to come out of this. I wouldn't even say, well, I don't know, something positive is going to come out. Luckily, something some positive things have come out of it, obviously, but it was just being able to be in that space of all right, this is exactly how it's supposed to be, and it's okay. And I know there are times in my life where I didn't do that. And I lived in that space of like, this shouldn't be like this. And this, this sucks. And this is terrible. And man, that feeling lasted a lot longer than the actual incident that happened. Right. Like weeks. And then this one, I'm totally good. The, one of the biggest errors we make in thinking is that we believe our thoughts. Yeah. It's true. Don't be too quick to believe everything you think. It's simply a thought. The event that you held, the pandemic, my bankruptcy, all of those things are neutral. Mm. They are yeah. simply what it is. We declare value on it when we do that first process I told you about, evaluation, and you can't turn it off. You are constantly judging. Notice that you are. Yeah. And it's not how it should be is a judgment. And it's a judgment that you are not qualified or have the authority to make. So do we do this because it's something that we've, I mean, I know it's all, I'm sitting here totally as you're talking, thinking about, you know, social media is a total judgment. So everybody's judging who's right, who's wrong, who right. should be doing this, who should be doing that. Right. It's so much of that. And is it, is it because we, well, number one, I think it might be obviously because we were taught it, you know, through our lives, you know, from, from generations, from family, yep. but also is it, are we, are we doing it because we're trying to fool ourselves into thinking that understanding it, even in a negative emotion will make us feel better because it never does. Like, like nobody goes, yes, this week sucked. Oh, I feel so much better knowing that now. <laughs> right. You're never wrong about how you feel. How you feel is 100% consistent with the way your own mind is evaluating what it is. Mm. Whether it's your relationship, your circumstances, your health, your finances, whatever it is, your practice, you're never wrong about how you feel. I just want you to see that how you feel is tied to how you are thinking about it. It could always be worse. It could always be better. And this is the, the process. The, like the stressful times. I've got a book up here on my shelf by Immaculate Illibagiza. Immaculate, young woman who survived the Holocaust, the genocide that happened in Rwanda. Mm. Uh, a Hutu priest took compassion on her and hid her in his bathroom, three foot by four foot bathroom. Uh, I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah. She was in that little bathroom for 90 days. Wow. With seven other women. Mm. I mean, I don't know how, Two women share a large bathroom. 
And, and all the time they could hear through the little window in that bathroom, they could hear the killings going on of their loved ones. Stressful times, really? These are challenging times compared to what? Yeah. Just notice that you're making the judgment. And, and you're never wrong about how you feel, but it's determined by that. Now, this is important, do you know, because how we judge what it is sets us up for the creation mode. Hmm. I, I said earlier, you know, 20 minutes, you guys. Let's see if you can make your life worse. You know that you could. Here's, let me give you two brain hacks that I have found so powerful. And we have to address both of those processes that are going on in our own thinking, evaluation and creation. So on the evaluation side, here's the brain hack. I call it 25-5. This is a gratitude exercise. You've done gratitude journaling before, Absolutely. right? Yep. This one is a little different. Okay, 25-5 for five days. That's the five part starting today. Make a written list of 25 things for which you are sincerely grateful. Don't repeat anything on tomorrow's list that was on today's. A whole new list tomorrow. Here's the power up. At least half, that's 13 if you're doing the math, okay? At least half every day is from your hard list. I want you to pick something that is hard, difficult, frustrating, painful, annoying, kicking your butt. And if you don't have something, we can get you something. <laughs> so let's say that there's something about the practice that's just been gnawing at you every day. There's a person that you're dealing with that's just driving you nuts. You've got an injury or something. Pick something that's on your hard list and at least 13 on your gratitude list every day has to come from your hard list. Now, I'm not saying you have to be grateful. I've got my hand in a splint today. I sprained my wrist. Okay. Can I be grateful for a sprained wrist? Well, I'm not saying be grateful for the injury. I'm saying look inside of it. Poke around a little bit. Find what you can find about this for which you are sincerely grateful. Like you're grateful that there's doctors or healthcare providers who can help you. Beautiful get better after you sprain your wrist or, since you are, or know how to help you get better from spraining your wrist. Yeah. Grateful that there's a cast that helps you not injure it worse. Yeah. Yes. And I went in on Friday and got this x-rayed and found that all of the bones were intact. There you go. Yeah. You know, I rarely feel grateful that all of the bones in my right wrist are intact. But now you're aware of the, yeah. Oh, yeah. And sense. I'm not making it up. I really am grateful. Sure. Yeah. So find what you can be grateful for about what it is, how it is, the way things are without changing anything. Mm. Find something. That's what's going to power this up. You do this for five days. I call it the gratitude power up. It changes something about your thinking. Well, what's fascinating about this, Paul, is what I was mentioning before how I had done a Facebook Live about uh, four doctors about um, stress and overwhelm and frustration. And one of the things I talk about, and I teach to my teams actually, is I do gratitude journals for 21 days, three things a day for 21 days. And I have them do it for the office as well. 
like individually, but I want them to end their day with gratitude. And there's a ton of science behind what doing that does, right? This, I love that you're calling this a power up because like everybody listening to this can make the commitment for five days. Right? I, I understand there's some people are like, I don't know if I can do it for 21 days or they might let it drop off, but five, five days. 25, five. That's great. I love it. It really is power up. It's like smashing it all together. That's awesome. Okay. So that's the first power up. And don't cheat yourself on this. Okay. Really seriously take on the power up part of this. At least half of your list has to be about your hard stuff. This changes the game. And do you know, I've seen this save lives. I'm not surprised. Literally saved lives. Yeah. Okay. I'm a psychologist. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the second power up. So this is your evaluation power up. This is important because where you start from the evaluation mode determines where you're going to go with the creation mode. Okay. Consider this for a minute. When you're feeling stressed out, depressed, anxious, fearful, failed, defeated, flawed. How likely are you in that moment to go do something productive? Not very likely. Not so much. You are more likely to make a mess. Yep. And I've talked to way too many people who, you know, they're like, oh, my job sucks and my relationship is finances and da 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 then they go home and yell at their spouse and kick their dog. It's making it worse. Yep. Just saying. And you've got the power to make a mess. Please don't forget that. But let's give you a little brain hack for creation. Okay. I call this one BB-8. Do you remember the droid from Star Wars? Yep. That'll help you to remember what the brain hack is. How sure are you that 8 o'clock is coming? I'm 100% sure. Pretty darn? Okay, sweet. At least twice a day. Exactly. Okay. How sure are you that you'll be around for 8 o'clock? Hopefully pretty confident. Hopefully almost as sure. Yeah. Right? And let's face it, you've made it. I'll do the 20-minute exercise to Shannon and screw things up. Well, so there's some chance you won't be around for eight, but you've made it to every eight o'clock so far your whole life. That's right. So I'm, I'm pretty confident. There's two every day for those who don't get up early. That's right. So if eight o'clock is coming for sure, and if you're going to be around for eight o'clock, pretty darn sure, there's only two options. Do you know I used to think there were three? I used to think maybe things will be exactly the same as they are right now at eight o'clock no. no at the very least it's almost two o'clock right now when we're recording this you're going to be at least six hours older yeah might be more hungry more tired i don't know depends on what happened just before eight right mm-hmm. so things can't be exactly the same do you agree yes and if that is true then by your own evaluation which you can't turn off Things have to be, by your own judgment, either better or worse at 8 o'clock. I'm not talking next week, next month, or next year. 8 o'clock. We already know you could make things worse. BB-8 stands for better by 8. 
So, dear listener, while you're listening to this episode of Dino's Awesome Podcast, what could you do? Come up with an idea. It could be a little thing, a big thing. I don't care. You could pick your finances, your relationships, your health. I don't care. Pick something. Some aspect of your life where you know you could make things better by eight. Now, what's your mind doing, Dino? I actually went to push-ups. I've been trying to get into get in my push-ups every day, 50 push-ups a day. And I went, okay, I could totally make sure that that's my benchmark, right? Is that by eight? By I'm, eight o'clock. Yeah, I'm doing that 50 push-ups. Yeah. And then your life would be? Better. Better by eight. Yeah. yeah. How does it feel? Yeah, it actually gives me already the feeling of, okay, accomplishment and uh, achieving the goals that I have. And yeah, that's, that's actually... The okay, dopamine's so, already going on, yeah. So we start with the gratitude, okay? Because that puts your brain in position to do the upgrade, which is the better by eight. Now, if you'll do the better by eight for the same five days that you're doing the gratitude power up, you get to have 10 upgrades. Wow. How cool is that? That's awesome. And, then, and by this factor of 10, mm-hmm. your life is so much better in five days. Yeah. And this will trigger other things too, because this, this, these aren't isolated things that we're doing. I'm giving you brain hacks so that you can take control. Do you know, I've learned this through my own experience and both professionally and personally, either you run your mind or your mind runs you. True. If we can put our mind in position to work for us, not against us, every problem we face is a problem with thinking. Let's figure out how to operate the equipment. When I say positivity, I'm not talking about the trite, fluffy, motivational crap that you right. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. I am, as a professional psychologist, I want you to know how to operate the equipment. Positivity is not a trite, fluffy thing. It's a choice. Mm. It'll put you in position to win. That's and, awesome. And it, it's powerful. It's life-saving, life as I said. You can tell I get excited about this. No, and I do too. I'm sitting here looking at this going like, this is great. I hope everybody listening, at if you haven't been able to pull over the side of the road or sit down and write some notes down like I was doing during this, please do so because I think – Sometimes I even do this where I give an idea, a system, a process to help people have something. Maybe it's more connection. Maybe it's more positivity, whatever. Yeah. And I, I do tend, what I love about this is I tend to go towards like, like I said, the 21 day thing, the 30 day thing, whatever. But this is five days, five days that can really just help you shift. And you can start over another five days after that five days is done. Right. I, I, and, but by the way, I could see within day one, how this would already change so many minds and, and uh, the positivity in your brain as you show up to work every day, as you walk into your house uh, after work, that these two things alone on day one are going to help you have that, those endorphins in your brain. I love it. I think it's great. I love it. It changes the moment you kick into metacognition and start watching your own thinking. I, one of my clients was sitting here on my couch. Yes, I have a couch, people. I'm a shrink. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of my clients was sitting here and he's like, 
oh, I'm having this trouble with this and that. And, 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 and my, my practice is, he was a dentist. My practice is just, I've got this problem and that problem. I stopped him. I said, what? You have a practice? Right. Then he rolled his eyes. He didn't realize how freaking amazing that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and I'm not diminishing the problem. Yeah, he had right. problems to deal with. Welcome to life. Welcome to earth. Yeah. Right. But the, he, he got to a perspective where he said, you know what? These are really great problems to have. It's that saying I use, I, I do say this often on stages and stuff where I say, look, no matter what's going on in your life, whatever baggage you have, whatever challenges you have, there are at least a billion people on this planet who would trade places with you and consider it a prayer answered. Like no matter what you got going on. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Holy that's our perspective, Dino. Dr. Paul, that is awesome. I love it. I love that you were able to share that with us. And I love that everybody here was able to get some real tangible ways to create that consciousness in their brain, to think about their thinking, which I, I think when just that perspective alone of shifting into, okay, how am I thinking? What am I thinking about right now? Brings you into that awareness and there's enough, everybody listening to this, you're all educated people. You're all people who've figured out, you know, how to get to where you are in your life. If that doesn't alone make you go like, well, I'm just thinking some stupid things right now. Like now that I'm aware of it, it's like, why am I thinking that way? Like, I'm like, let me just change that. Let me take that perspective and realize that thinking about my thinking is the start of shifting away from the stress and the frustration and the overwhelm. That's and what puts you back into choice. And that's really, so it's interesting because I know we got to wrap it up, but I'm also thinking like, it's the same thing with everything in life, right? With your relationships, when you're not thinking about your relationship and you're just on letting it happen to you mode and not being like aware of it and present, then of course your relationship is going to feel like it's slipping away or feel like we're quote, I hate this phrase, but growing apart from each other. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing with food. Right. If you're not thinking about what you're putting into your mouth and why it, it, it it's really interesting because it's really so all encompassing. Right. Money, yeah. health, staff issues, whatever it is. Yeah, I love it. OK, well, we've got to a place in our show where we actually ask uh, six questions that are rapid fire, random questions. Thank you so much for sharing everything you have. Uh, this is just quick. First thing off top of your brain, uh, that way you think about them. So okay. are you ready to play? Let's play. Awesome. So our first thing that we talk about is what is the number one thing that you wish they would have taught you in school? Not only that happiness is a choice, but how that is true. I wish they would have taught me that. That's awesome. That would have been a good subject in school. I had to figure it out, and that's why I'm teaching it. You just mentioned a really interesting book. Uh, is there a book that you believe every private practice owner should be reading? The first one that comes to my mind, mm -hmm. Man's Search for Meaning by oh, Dr. Victor Frankl. Yeah. For a so, lot of reasons. Yeah, that's a great book. That is a really great book. So, Paul, one of the things I talk about in my book, The Practice Rx, 
is how team culture and team performance are really the foundation to business success, having a real foundation through culture and performance. Um, uh, is your best path to business growth, I should say. What do you feel like when you talk to your patients, when you are out there in the world, and even maybe for yourself, what do you see as the biggest challenge private practice owners face when it comes to their team and their culture? Their own thinking. Not even a close second. Wow. But they don't think that that's the challenge. They think that it's a personnel issue. Mm. They think that it's an economic issue an insurance compensation issue. It's their own thinking. I know that from my own experience and from hundreds of entrepreneurs that I've worked with over the years. It all starts with the thought process. That's where it is. Yeah. And that stings a little mm-hmm. at first because if this problem is a problem with my thinking, right. I'm to blame. No, that's victim mentality. It's not a blame thing. It's an accountability and responsibility thing. It's like, I've told this story before when I'm at, you've probably done this when you're out driving, you get lost in your thoughts, you go right past your exit. Sure. Last time I did this, I'm down St. George going to see a client, Southern Utah. I know I've missed my exit when I see the big sign, Arizona welcomes you. (laughs) Arizona, I look down, guess whose hands I see on my steering wheel? Yours. See, this is the sting part. It's uh, like, oh, I'm here because of me. But without blaming myself, the bad news is also the good news because my hands are on the wheel. What can I do now? You can turn it around. Yeah. I have the power to turn that thing to steer it. And this is the good news because if this is related to your thinking, then let's do some metacognition. Let's think about your thinking and let's steer this in a direction that allows you to create something beautiful because you got the power to make a mess too. That's true. Wow. That's great. Love it. So I know that everybody um, that uh, you mentioned your book a couple of times, we want to give people the opportunity to know how they can reach out to you. Uh, I know you have your podcast, you have your YouTube channel. There's a lot of ways. So let's share that. The maybe I'll start with a gift. Is that Okay. okay? Sure. Um, I've got my model for positivity is summarized in a mini book called Portable Positivity. Okay. I will give you a free digital copy of that. Go to Dr. Paul Jenkins, spelled with a DR, Dr. Paul Jenkins dot info forward slash portable positivity. Portable positivity. You can download a free PDF copy of that book. If you want a physical copy, you pay the shipping. I'll send one to you. Awesome. So that's the gift part. You mentioned the podcast, Live on Purpose Radio. You can find that anywhere you can find your podcasts. Um, I'm really excited right now, too, about Live on Purpose Central, which is kind of, you guys are all familiar, right, with dental hygiene. You try to get your patients to do this, to floss, right. brush every day. What about mental hygiene? It's a mental floss. The mental floss liveonpurposecentral.com. Nice. You can see what we're doing over there. And this is something I'd be happy to make available to your staff, uh, to your organization. What if we could help your people to do a little mental hygiene? What would that change for you? I think I, I tell people all the time that you focus on your team members. People ask about how do I motivate my team? How do I motivate them? Like you can't. They're 
individual human beings, you have no power over that. All you have is the power to be able to share with them opportunities for them to change the way they're thinking and improve their life. So they'll bring that into the office. And that's exactly what that does. So I love it. Exactly. All right. Last two questions are, what's the best advice you've ever received in life or in business? The very best advice I ever received started with the phrase, you suck. <laughs> I shared cool. that story with that's you. Story. Yeah, that's great. You know what, for me, it, and it comes back to what I said earlier about yeah. the other question. It's our own thinking that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. But we don't see that as long as we're consumed by our own thinking. We're not thinking about our thinking. We haven't learned to steer that vehicle. Yep. So probably the most profound advice I ever received, and I received it from several people at the same time that said, hey, Paul, wake up. Your hands are on the wheel. Yeah. Troops aren't coming. We are the troops. When you said that in the story earlier, I totally had that mental image of really everything in life of when you say you suck in the sense of like, okay, where I am right now, am I, am I consuming more than I am providing, that I am creating, that I am producing. And uh, it's a really good way to think about it. It's like, okay, I'm sucking right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just like when you're running and you're running too hard at one point you end up bringing in too much oxygen, then you have energy. Right. And it's like, okay, so I'm sucking up. I'm sucking wind. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You know, the, I, the, one of my uh, upcoming books that's not published yet is called happy nomics. Okay. It's interesting that what we're talking about here has a profound effect on our own mental health, our level of stress, anxiety, how we feel and experience joy and happiness. But it also has a very direct economic impact. Mm. When you think about it, the answer to every economic problem is to create more value for other people. Yeah. And that would be a whole other podcast yeah, episode. Totally true. Totally true. Sometime. All right. Last question is the best resource or tool that you believe every private practice owner should be using in order to grow their practice. I am going to go with the human treasury. Okay. The human treasury, because every problem we're facing has a solution that's a conversation away. Hmm. There are brilliant people in our world, you included, Dino. You're part of this audience's human treasury. I am now part of this audience's human treasury. You don't have to solve all of this on your own. If you want to increase your practice, one of the best things I did is hire Amy Walker. Yeah. You know, Amy. Yep. Uh, and and very well. Specifically, and I have a team of consultants and coaches and advisors. And, and when I stopped being the Lone Ranger and figured out that I have a human treasury. I love that phrase. Human treasury. That's where I'm going to go with that answer. I love it because so many entrepreneurs, so many doctors, so many, even though they might be involved in like a study club or they might be a part of association, I think there is that feeling of I can figure out myself. My, my daughter, Avery, is our middle child and we actually have video of her even though she grew up in an era where not a lot of, you know, phones weren't prevalent, uh, video phones, whatever, but we have video of her in this saying. And so we use it all the time. I use it with my clients too of like, I can do it myself. I can do it myself, right? And this desire to do that. 
And knowing that we do that, you know, many brains are better than one. It's the reason why I have my Propreneur Network, which is all about kind of really data mining stuff together. It's okay. You don't have to go it alone. We right. will get through this faster if we do it together. So I love that treasury, human treasury idea. That's great. Love it. Well, Dr. Paul, thank you so much for a, just a, a wealth of information that you've been able to share with us. A, a great episode where people really can have practical tools on how to think about their thinking and really become more positive in every aspect of their life. I just really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to join you today. It's been fun. Absolutely. It's a ton of fun. Everybody, as you are listening to this podcast, please remember to share it with someone that you think in your life can use a little pick-me-up, can use some tools, some practical tools on how to improve their life and their thinking. And, uh, you know, at this time in our world, it's sorely needed. And to be the catalyst of that, to be the person who shares that with others, just to help them out is, is a really noble thing to do. So thank you for being here and listening to the show. Thank you for being a part of it. As always, our goal here is proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life and business. We'll talk to you later, guys. Bye. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.